So welcome back to Leaders of Consulting, the show that brings you interviews with experts in the trenches at the forefront of consulting, sharing their own perspectives, tips and resources they picked up along the way for your benefit. On this episode, we're joined by Alexa D'Agostino, who is an entrepreneur, investor, digital marketer and business strategist. Uh, she founded her first marketing agency at the age of 18 and sold it in 2014 as her fourth exit. And I'm sure I could spend the whole episode uh basically reading off your, you, you know, your bio and your accolades. Uh, but Alexa, first of all, I just want to welcome you to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm so excited about this conversation. I've been listening to your podcast and you're just a fantastic host. So I'm excited to have a great conversation. Great. Great. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate that. Th thanks for the kind words. And yeah, as I was saying, Alexa, like you've definitely managed to fit quite a lot in, um, you know, you're, you're uh, a columnist on Forbes, entrepreneur, uh, USA Today, you've you've involved in academia. You've got how many degrees is it? Five. Five <laughs> degrees. How like, how do you find the time to fight, do all this stuff? I, don't know. I just kept going. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I got a little obsessed. Yeah. Excellent. I love it. Well, Alexa, let's start off with something a little uh, sort of tactical, uh, strategic for our audience. So can you tell us like a go-to tip, tool or strategy that you think other consultants should probably know about, um, which maybe they don't? Yeah. So I am a data geek. So I started my career off as a programmer. So naturally, everything I do is really, really data driven. And we've created what we call the marketing by modification philosophy that we use in our coaching. We teach in our coaching program, Think Tank, and also in our agency, Think Fuel, uh, on marketing NPR. And the reason why this is important, and I'm going to share the tool that has to go with this, is because data is king. Content is not king. Data is king. And if data makes you uncomfortable, I understand because not everybody is good at data, but data is what really is going to tell you where you're heading in your business. But one of the things you could do is just keep it simple. Data doesn't have to be complicated. There's so many simple tools out there to be able to collect data and make decisions on it. So one of the things that we live by is the CRM Monday. Um, it is a great tool. It's easy to use. I call it a little bit of a beefed up uh, Excel spreadsheet. Mm. Um, but no matter whether you use sticky notes or Excel or Monday or even a more complicated like a Salesforce um, or a HubSpot, those are what I would call more a little bit more advanced that a lot of consultants do use, but it's super expensive. Monday is a really great introductory tool to using a CRM, and it allows you to collect your data to be able to make decisions. So many consultants, so we coach hundreds of consultants to scale their business. Our expertise is scaling to seven and eight figures. And um, uh, I would say a majority of the time that people are stuck underneath 750, 750,000 in revenue, a lot of times it has to do with lead gen and leads falling through the cracks. So leveraging a CRM uh, like a Monday, which is free um, up to the first, I think, 25 uh, actions that you do, it allows you to store the leads that you have so you can know who to follow up with. It's, it's really, really simple and really important to make sure you're collecting data to make decisions on. Absolutely. I love that. And um, I'm, I'm curious, like, do you have any kind of good rules of thumb? Because a lot of the time we have these CRM systems and we, we put lots of information into it, but you don't actually really get into the habit of really doing something with that information. Is there, is there, are there any kind of like habits that you try and instill, whether it's, you know, working with some of your clients or, or even in your own business yourself uh, that you, you found really work? 
Yeah. So I have three really important habits um, of which it doesn't really relate to me. So, and I'll explain. So the first is if you have the right CRM, sometimes you just, you hit the nail on the head. The problem with HubSpot and all these different tools is they're very complicated to use. And sometimes they collect too much data. Again, simple is best. Anything you do as an entrepreneur and a consultant, simple is best. And so the most important thing that we do is make sure that we're collecting the right data, but that we're not overcomplicating what we collect. And that's the most important thing that you could do is, is that. The second piece is you want to set up processes. So for example, you need to know, okay, when a lead comes in, when, what am I sending them and how often do I follow up? If it's just ad hoc, you're not going to do it. So setting processes of, okay, a lead comes in and three days later, an email goes out. Three days after that, I'm going to call the lead, whatever whatever the process is. Um, having that process is really important, but having it written down is even more important than having it in the CRM where it's automated is even more important. Um, and pinging whoever on your team, whether it's you or another teammate, and so in our CRM, we actually have it where it will highlight the row red if something is not done. So we know when an action is not completed. And it's a really important tool because you want to make sure that you're empowering your team to do their job, but also giving them the reminders to do their job because we're all busy. The last thing that I would say is automation is really good. But what I would say is that human touch is really important as well. So I always have that as part of our process because you can't automate everything. But there are ways, example, in Monday to be able to set um, certain functions to be able to send emails that look customized. So we actually have what we call personalized lines, where if we have a phone call with somebody, we'll add a one or two cents in personalization that then like five days later will go out and the like 90% some of the emails super generic, but then we have this one or two lines. Sometimes it could be a paragraph where we customize the response to that person and it makes everything look like it's personalized, but it's automated. So it takes two seconds while you're, while you're on the call or right after the call, when you're writing notes to just write that personalized line and it automatically goes out. Can, can you give me an idea of like, is there an example you can give of what that personalization might, might look or see or feel like? Yeah, on the recipient so, side. Hey, Jonathan, it was so great to talk with you. As we discussed, we have a great coaching program called Think Tank. It's one of a kind. There is literally no program out there. I feel very confident. You could see the hundreds of testimonials that we have on our website and look at the results that we're getting. Because at the end of the day, results is, is key. You're getting one-on-one coaching, group coaching, and a great community. And you're getting expert coaches. There's no other program where you're going to get seven, eight, and nine, and 10 figure. We have a billionaire who's a mentor in this program to help you grow your your business. And um, then after that, then the personalized line. As we discussed on the call, you have a really great momentum. I know you're trying to hit seven figures and I feel really confident we can get you there. You have really great things going and just a few little tweaks like we talked about in your lead gen and your sales process. And I think we can get you to where you want to go. If you want to have a second conversation, let me know. We'd love to chat, Alexa. Love it. Great. Fantastic. Just made that up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like, wow. That, that was, is uh, not the email, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Great. I love it. Um, and so one of the things that you brought up was, was um, you know, that obviously consultants are, is a challenge uh, for, for many people in consulting is, is lead gen. Um, I know that's something that you've, you've really sort of figured out some great systems and processes around. 
Uh, I'm also curious that you, I, I, there was one of your interviews I was listening to this from a while ago, uh, where you're talking about how Clubhouse and at one time Clubhouse is a really great place to network. Is that something that's still, I mean, obviously, you know, Clubhouse has had its moment, but is, is that something that you're, you're still looking at as a, as a good lead gen, uh, possibility or, or the, what, like what's, what, what are the trends you're seeing at the moment? I'm curious. Um, so the problem with Clubhouse, and I'm just going to be, you'll learn about me, Jonathan. I just say how it is and I don't really care. Um, I don't care if I hurt people's feelings. The problem is the, I don't know if you've heard the joke, it's called Broke House um, because it a lot of the people on there just can't afford anything. Like, and the problem is, especially as consultants, most of us are high ticket. So a lot of times, depending on the rooms, there's there are some rooms where you will get people that can afford more higher level, uh, high ticket services. Most of the people that are on, especially during the day or certain times, are people that are stay-at-home moms or, or people that um, can't necessarily afford our fees. And that's part of the problem that we found um, in that group. Now, there are the hidden gems, but you also have a lot of what we call the fugazis on there that are selling programs and, and kind of scamming people unfortunately. And it's, it really shifted the whole program because in the beginning, it was a lot easier to sell on that program, but then people were getting scammed with these coaches that had no idea what they were doing, no experience. You have sales coaches that have never built a business or done sales before. And you, you just have really bad stuff going on that it really changed the app and there's not a lot of trust on the app anymore. So that shifted as well. So that's just the, the full transparency. We do still use Clubhouse though, as um, a, a mechanism, but it's not our leading lead gen source whatsoever. So would that, I'm curious, would, would that be community building, sort of nurturing or, or bringing people together? Like how, how, how is that? Uh... How's that fitting into your your process these days? Curious. Yeah, so um, there's a couple really key rooms that we like to lead gen in and to give value. And because at the end of the day, lead gen is about providing value, right? But if you provide good value, people will see it and they'll pay whatever you want if they have it. And it's, it is a mindset because everybody could afford, most of us, depending on what our consulting services are. Um, but it really depends on if you can shift the mindset to see that they could afford it, right? So we use it as a way to drive people to our master classes, our webinars. Um, and again, we do have the, the hidden gems that come through that can afford our services. Um, but I would say a majority, so far from what we've seen, you know, are people that aren't necessarily ready to move forward. But we do drive traffic to our socials from it. Um, we've built good relationships because there are some really amazing panelists on um, Clubhouse. And if anything, that's actually where we've done most of our selling is the panelists that we're on um, the, the panels with. Um, those are actually the people that can afford your services, but they're selling too. So what we've done is build relationships with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Interesting. And if sort of kind of um, pulling ourselves back a little bit and looking at, you know, your, your trajectory, you know, having accomplished all these various different things, uh, I'm, I'm curious, like, if there's any particular, you know, resource that had a really big impact on you that, you know, led you down a lot of the paths that you took. Um, was there, is there any sort of, whether it's a book, article, podcast, um, or something that's really had an impact on you? 
Yeah, it's people, it's mentors. Um, I'm a big fan of mentorship. I've had mentors my whole life, either coach or mentor, and each mentor gave me something different, right? So it all started back in high school with my very first soccer coach who taught me work ethic and teamwork and taught me to be able to look at what I did wrong and how I could be better, not to dwell on, on the mistakes, but figuring out how to fix it. And that allowed me to have a very, very thick mindset um, and, and thick skin, right? Um, where my next mentor taught me how to use technology to solve problems. The next mentor taught me that anything's possible. I never thought, I'm going to be honest, I never thought that I can build an eight, nine figure company. And I ne- never really thought I had it in me until I met this mentor who really brought me up um, and taught me how can I be in the room with people more successful than me? How can I gain confidence to be in the room? Um, and then my latest um, mentor taught me how to you could still be a high level consultant and a very highly successful person and self compassion and be nice. And I always thought you had to be a shark, especially being a woman in advertising, right? Which no offense, it's all men. I always thought I had to be a shark and kind of not a jerk, but I always thought I had to be sharp and to the point and like, no, this is how it has to be. And what he's really taught me the last couple of years is you don't have to be like that. You can actually kill people with kindness. It has completely shifted the way that I build relationships. So every single, and I could keep going on because I've, I've had at this point, seven mentors and coaches in my life. Um, but mentorship is, has been a huge part of me. And each, each mentor has given me something different in my business that has propelled me forward. And guess what? My learning's not done. I'm, I'm continuing to learn and grow and seek mentorship because I don't care where you are. Everybody needs a mentor. Interesting. So I'm, I'm curious, what's your approach been to identifying and cultivating those relationships with mentors? Like, Yeah, it's a great question. So I would say there's a couple different things, right? So the first is you want to make sure your personalities match because <laughs> that's a really important thing. If, if you don't respect somebody and their personality and something doesn't jive, you're never going to listen to them. And that's an important thing. And it doesn't mean they can't be hard on you. But if you're somebody that is truthful to you and, and hard on you, then you shouldn't seek a coach that is hard. For me, I love being like smacked. I'm like... Tell me what I'm doing wrong. Like, just tell me, right? Not literally smack. Um, but, you know, I, I just want to be told the truth. And so I don't want to waste any time. I don't want fluff. I just want the truth. Um, and my mentor and coach right now is as truthful as they come, um, sometimes too truthful, where like I, I'll cry sometimes. I'm like, God, that was so truthful and hurtful, but it's so accurate. And I need to get my, you know what, together. And uh, so that's the first thing. The second thing is you want to make sure you have a mentor that has done what you have done. And, and, and that could be in whatever you're seeking. So for example, yeah. if I'm looking to grow my business, my consulting business, and let's say I'm at 500K right now, I want somebody that's built a seven, eight figure company. But I also caution you to make sure that you don't go with somebody that is at a billion because they haven't been at 500K in a long time. And they might forget the little nuances of being a small business. So that's really important. So while you're at 500K, you probably want somebody that's maybe between five and 15 million. Um, And maybe we're at 500K five to 10 years ago. You don't want somebody, a mentor that was at 500K 30 years ago. They're not going to necessarily remember. Now, I'm not saying they're not a good mentor um, eventually, but just just something I've noticed because I've had mentors that are billionaires and they're giving me great advice, but they're giving me advice as if I was at 15, 30 million when I was at like 2 million, right? 
The third thing that's really important is to to make sure that you have enough time. It it is a 15 minute phone call is not going to give you what you really need. So for me, we, I mean, for our legacy clients, I mean, we're spending an hour a week and depending on what the problem is, we're, I'm bringing experts depending on what the problem is. So whether it's lead gen, messaging, sales, whatever the prop team, I have one of the best team builders and leadership communication and conflict coaches that is out there in the United States as part of our team. Um, you know, so if it's it's creating channel partners, I, I have my billionaire partner that comes and helps. So having coaches that can actually solve your problems, but also are taking the time to solve your problems. And a lot of times these coaches want to, you know, charge you 10K for 15 minutes a week. And they might give you little nuggets, or maybe they're opening doors for you. And that's a different, you have to just be realistic um, and set the expectation of, okay, if I'm paying them, what are they going to really give me? They're not going to give me world-changing advice in 15 minutes, but what they might do is open doors for me. Um, And so you want to go into it understanding what's the purpose of this relationship and how is it going to help me? And sometimes paying for a coach, it's just also paying to be in their inner circle because they want to help you. If they're coaching you, they want to see you successful. You know, so so that's what I would say in terms of finding the right coach. Um, Take your time ask around, have multiple conversations, make sure that they're the right fit for you. Yeah. So I noticed that you use like the term or the role of coach and mentor. It sounds interchangeably. Do you see the, do you see your coaches essentially as your mentors? Is that, and is that usually the, the way that your, uh, you know, your engagement usually works with, with mentors? You basically say, you know what, I value this person's time. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to hire them to, to help me get to the next level. Is that, sort of the approach you're taking. Yeah, it's it's interesting you say that because I actually did a YouTube video on the difference between a mentor and a coach because there is a difference and I've had both and I use them interchangeably more because I've had mentors and coaches and I have both. And and one thing I forgot to mention before too is I have coaches for different things. Like my mindset coach did not build a $15 million company. But she's one of the best mindset coaches and she's excellent at at drilling down. So it also depends on what you need, right? But so that's just an important thing. But she has been to where I haven't, which is a good a good mindset, right? So um, but to me, a mentor is more free or or low low cost. Um, the the problem I have with mentorship is they're not gonna be a hundred percent bought in because it's free. Um, and, and I've had mentors that have mentored me and it was free and I've, I've taken so much out of it, but they're not helping me with the day to day. They're not helping me every single day. And also I don't want to take advantage of that. Yeah. Um, so that's more of like a call a friend to me, yeah. um, where a coach you're paying them to be more invested in you and, and in your business. Um, and they're helping you more with like strategy and they're coming in and really helping you figure out what the problem is where a mentor to me is really helping with more overarching like hey i have this you know major problem what do you think and it's more of advice right where a, a consultant or a coach is really helping you drill down that's at least what i've seen having both it doesn't mean that my interpretation is you know the right interpretation i think there's so many different interpretations that you can have yeah, fair enough. And um, and I'm curious, you know, with with the clients that you work with, you know, there's there's this coaching element involved. And so, uh, especially, I'm curious about the you know kind of the consultants you work with. Are there any limiting beliefs or yeah that just kind of tend to crop up quite often that you you often find yourself helping other people overcome time and time again? 
Yeah, there's a lot of them. I mean, it depends. We have different programs. So we have yeah. three different programs. We have new business development or people under, let's say, 75K. Then we have a, a mid-tier program of people trying to scale to mid-six figures and then a seven, eight-figure scaling program. Um, and each of them have different different ways that we go about it. Um, and each of them have different limiting beliefs, believe it or not. But um, I mean, I would say the number one thing is confidence. Um, I would say that a, a lot of people aren't confident in their offer, but they also aren't confident in doing the things that they need to do to scale. So for example... Um, speaking and content is really, really important. I actually spoke at a pretty significant conference uh, about a month and a half ago, and it was full of seven-figure entrepreneurs. Most of them were set, even like high sixes, seven figures. And I said to the crowd, I said, raise your hand if you are confident in putting content out. And like three people out of hundreds raised their hand. And that to me was shocking. I was like, I cannot believe that all these successful people are not confident in putting content out. And so sometimes as successful people, we build our success off referrals and people we know. But if we really want to scale our business, we have to build a bigger audience. We have to build a bigger name. We have to build authority and even not even um, expertise anymore because the problem is now everybody's experts with the global pandemic. Everybody's an expert. So now you really have to build your authority as, as one of the leaders in an industry. And with that comes content PR and really putting your name out there. And so I always say, if you want to build, you have to do that. And so many people are just not confident to put their face on a camera, to get out, get in front of a speaking stage and speak their truth and speak their knowledge. And that's something that's really important to scaling your business. Yeah. And when it comes to content creation, I seem to remember you had, uh, there was a nice uh, acronym that you used. Isn't that right? Uh, I, I, I have quite a, quite I have a, a few, few of them, <laughs> um, but one of the acronyms is REAL. So R-E-A-L. For us, content creation is something that's really important because at the end of the day, if you don't have content that is relatable, right? You want to have relatable content, content that is out there to actually drive relatability because people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And without having that piece of it, then what happens is you put content out that's not speaking to them. And a lot of times we do that, right? Think about it. We we put out content that we think people want to know, but guess what? It's not content that actually relates to them. It's not content that makes people say, ooh, I want to work with Alexa. So we always say relatable content is really important. That means you have to put out content that solves their problems, not your problems or what you think the problems are. You've got to put out content that shows you're human. People want to do people business with people they know, that they feel like they can trust. So you can't be afraid to put out content that is content about you and your experience and mistakes that you've made and things that you could do better. And so relatable content is, is so, so important because at the end of the day, if you don't put out content that people care about and that they don't feel connected to, then you're you're at the end of the day, you're not going to put out content that actually matters, right? And then E in the real is educate. You want to provide information. You want to provide value um, and, and education because that's advice, infographics, how to, again, you want to solve problems. Um, a is authority. You want to show that you're a trusted authority. So this is media placements, testimonials, client um, case studies, validated sources, and then leads. 
You got to lead them somewhere, right? So you, and that's the L in real. And you want to drive your audience to some sort of offer that solves their problem. Now, this might not be a paid offer. This might be a lead magnet or an event or a webinar. You'll notice if you're on my socials, I'm constantly doing stuff, driving people to stuff, giving free value, driving them to community because that's how you build it. So that's that's the real acronym. Yeah, I love it. Love the uh, yeah, the four letters makes it nice and concise and easy to remember. Nice and easy. Just put real content out there. Relatable, educate, authority, leads. Yeah, and when it comes to the the sort of platforms that you use, I know that I think Instagram is your primary channel. Actually, it's not. Um, no, it's, I'm I'm on all platforms to be honest with you, but I didn't start like that. So if you're out there and you're going to start. Don't get overwhelmed. Just start with one. I started with Instagram and I have the most con on that content on there because it was the very first platform that I did. So it's it's definitely, I would say, the leading platform that I use. Um, but leads wise, I actually get way more off LinkedIn. Yeah. I just you don't see as much content because every platform has to have a different strategy. Like LinkedIn, 2% of users on LinkedIn actually put out content, but yet there's uh, 188 million views of content every week. And if there's only 16 million putting out content, think about why the content is getting so many impressions. It flies, right? But the thing is, is LinkedIn doesn't want you to put more than one thing out a day. Mm-hmm. So where Instagram, I could put multiple things out, my stories and this, like LinkedIn, it's literally one a day. So you see more on LinkedIn and Facebook because I'm able to based on the platform and people are seeking that. Where if, if LinkedIn thinks you're spamming, they're going to cut your your, your content. So that's probably why, but actually LinkedIn is our, our biggest lead gen. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Most, most people, uh, speak to in, in consulting tend to use LinkedIn as their favorite channel. Instagram's a great lead gen source though. Yeah. And we've made, we do make quite a bit of money every month. You just have to know how to find the right people and how to do the right collabs to, to get in front of the right people. Yeah. An interesting one that's come up in, in discussions that, is TikTok, and um, I every now and then I'm, I'm I think to myself, you know, I should probably really educate myself about this platform. But whenever I install it, it just makes me angry. I don't know why, <laughs> and I just I just end up de- you know removing it immediately. Let um, me try to change your mind. Yeah. So what I love about TikTok is I could wake up with messy hair and literally just shoot how I feel and post it. Where Instagram has to be much more polished and. So TikTok to me is way more authentic. They People want to see like your true authentic self on there. And actually my best video was me in workout clothes with a bun on top of my head, walking through a gas station. That's my best video. I have like, uh, I don't know, like 75,000 views on it or something like that, you know? And so at the end of the day, that's what I do like about TikTok. And people do want real advice. Like you have a lot more business owners and entrepreneurs and consultants that are on there. Um, so it actually is a, a great source. So we actually get quite a few webinar leads from there. Um, we haven't actually made a full sale off uh, TikTok yet, but we're definitely getting exposure. Remember that you have attention which is really important. You want to build attention. TikTok builds attention and then awareness, right? So once you build that attention, then you want to build awareness on on who you are, who you help and and how you help them. And so so I think TikTok is still kind of getting out there, but the person with the most attention wins and that's the name of the game. So TikTok gives that attention. And then what I find is those people are actually following me on LinkedIn and Instagram as well. Um, And I have quite a few leads that are coming in as LinkedIn leads. But when I go and look, they're also following me on TikTok, which is interesting. Mm. 
Uh, I'm curious about that distinction between TikTok being more, you know, real, visceral stuff. I guess with Instagram profiles, they're a little bit more polished, right? You know, you have your created feed and things in the right place and this and that. And and that's more visually appealing when you have an experience like that in Instagram. Whereas with, with TikTok, it's just, I guess it's, it's, it's very video. It's focused on videos. It's basically video. And, and with video, yeah, I guess it's just that, that real, I, I'm just, yeah, I'm just curious. I'm still trying to understand that. Yeah. I mean, Instagram is trying to become more of a video first platform. So that's why they're trying to push reels and stories and, and what have you. Um, but what I find is when I put content that's like TikTok content on Instagram, it doesn't always do well. Um, but what is interesting is the trends do well. So if there's a trend on TikTok about two weeks later, that trend hits Instagram. And so typically what I'll do is I'll look at the trends on TikTok. And then what I'll do is I'll know like to post it a week or two later on Instagram. And normally it hits. Um, so that is something that works. But sometimes like trend videos, what is that doing? That's just giving you followers. So I don't actually do that too much as part of our strategy, maybe once or twice a week to gain followers. But um, at the end of the day, you don't want just any followers. You want strategic. I always say you don't need 50,000 leads on or uh, followers on Instagram to make money. In fact, most of the people that have 50,000, 100,000, they make no money. They're selling a $7 ebook and you have to sell what? 33,000 of them to make a million dollars. Like they're yeah. not making, they're not making a lot of money. In yeah. fact, one of the biggest creators put a $7 ebook out and I know what he made because I was coaching him and he made $3,000 off it. Like, I mean, it's, you put all that effort into ebook to make three grand. I I, I can sell one high ticket service at 10, 15 K yeah. um, and, and make a lot more. Yeah. Fantastic. And, and speaking of social media, do you want to let our listeners know where they can find you online and you know, where, where they can find out more about the coaching programs you have and so forth? Yeah, absolutely. So you can follow me on Instagram at Dr. Dr. Alexa D-R-A-L-E-X-A, D-A-G-O-S-T-I-N-O. I do have a lot of uh, fake accounts. People are, are trying <laughs> to be me, apparently. Um, I'm actually in the process of, of verifying my account because I have a lot of fraud, people trying to sell services under my name. I think that means I made it, Jonathan, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, so you can follow me on there. You can also learn more about about our coaching at thinktankcoaching.com. Think is with a Y-T-H-Y-N-K um, and learn more about our coaching program and what we have to offer. We help consultants and service-based providers scale their business. We've done it 300 times as large as 350 million. That's the largest business we've scaled um, and uh, including several others um, in, in the nine-figure range. Um, so we, uh, we have a lot of really great things happening and, uh, and you can follow me to learn more. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing your knowledge bombs with us today, Alexa, and uh, for all the great work you're doing. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you. I enjoyed the conversation, Jonathan. Awesome. Cheers. If you're looking for a better way to connect with and build relationships with high ticket consulting clients, consider launching an interview podcast and invite your ideal clients to be guests on the show. You can find out more by listening in to our other podcast, appropriately named Podcasting for Consultants. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts. Alternatively, head on over to our website at podcastingforconsultants.net.